nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you are in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. This is Leanne Meyer, and thank you so much for joining us again for Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. Um, Excuse me. Uh, Today we're talking about nurse entrepreneurship and how do you go about doing it. Uh, Over the two plus years that I've been doing this show, the most asked question is, I have this great idea or product or book or whatever it is that they have been thinking about, and they want to know, how do I turn it into a living? So I met Pat Iyer a couple of months ago and realized the wealth of her experience and success um, that she's had as an entrepreneur and that she also teaches this subject. So she seemed to be the perfect person uh, to have on for this particular show. So I'm sure that you'll also think so by the time we get to the end of the hour. Pat calls herself a serial entrepreneur, which I love because it says to me, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. So Pat Iyer, welcome to the show, Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Thank you, Leanne. I'm so pleased to be able to speak with nurses today. Yes, I, I am so glad that this worked out for you, too. So um, could you give us just a brief overview of your career? Why did you go into nursing? I went into nursing in the 1960s when there were really only a few choices for women, and it's probably hard for younger women to think about those eras (laughs) because there's so many choices today, but you could be a secretary, a teacher, a nurse, or a librarian when I was in high school, and that was really the only choices, and I Mm -hmm. wanted to help people, and I had done some, actually, some librarian work when I was in high school. I shelved books in our local library, and I knew that that was an interesting job, but it probably would get dull after a while. Right, and And probably not go very far. No, that's true. That's true. Um, even I went into nursing school in 1973, and those were pretty much the same choices that I had, too. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, But nursing has been everything I had hoped it would be and very grateful. So what brought you to legal nurse consult- consultation, and how did that become such a success for you? I started becoming an expert witness in 1987 after attending a program that was called Career Alternatives for Nurses. It focused Mm. on things like utilization review, expert work, uh, being a speaker, and I didn't even know that nurses could be used in the legal system to offer opinions, and at that point I had a master's degree. I had written my first book, which I co-authored with two other people on the nursing process and -hmm. nursing diagnosis. And then after this conference, I went back to the hospital where I was working and spoke to the risk manager, who was an attorney, and I said, I understand that nurses can be expert witnesses. How do I find attorneys who hire nurses? So he explained to me 
the database of attorneys and publications that described cases that Hmm. attorneys had won, and I could look up the names of the attorneys in the database, and I sent out some letters and almost immediately began getting cases. So were you uh, one of the first then that were starting out doing this, or or were people already making a business of uh, being a, a witness? It was during the transition years, and in the beginning in the legal system, physicians were considered to be qualified to testify about nursing practice because they supervised nurses, and of course, we were their handmaidens and Mm -hmm. had to follow all their instructions and didn't have a lot of independent decision-making at that point. And then the court systems began to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, if you want to talk about a nursing standard of care... You should bring in a witness who has gone to nursing school and a member of professional associations. Nursing and medicine are parallel professions, but they're not identical. Mm -hmm. When the courts began to recognize that, then there was an increased demand for nurses. I was a medical surgical nurse. Fortunately for me, that was a high demand type of specialty because there are a lot of cases that arise out of medical surgical settings. Sure. So I started getting work immediately. So that is so fascinating. So when did you know this could really um, be an income? It could really be a a profession? I got a call one day from a plaintiff attorney who was handling an emergency department case, and he wanted me to review it. And I told him I was not an ER nurse, I did have a friend who was a clinical specialist. Hold on one second. Mm -hmm. And I connected him and her together. She started working for him on the case. And I realized I had just done them a very big favor by connecting them. Mm -hmm. And he he was going to make money if he won the case, and she was going to make money by working for him. And I wondered if there could be a business providing expert witnesses to attorneys. Sort of a a matchmaking. It was was a matchmaking. And it was supervision, training, running interference, uh, overseeing the quality of the work that the experts were providing. By the Mm -hmm. time I sold the company... In 2015, I had 200 people who were under contract to review cases for my company as expert witnesses. Wow. So I know that both you and your husband are entrepreneurs. Um, Were you entrepreneurs together at some point? My husband's role in my company was confined to watching the cash flow and taking the checks to the bank, something he really loved to do. (laughs) Especially, um, you know, now there's electronic deposit of checks in the United States. But at that time, he would walk in the bank and people would greet him. And he liked that very much. Uh But his business was essentially started at least a decade before mine. He was an engineer and he got involved in selling extrusion machine parts and decided to open up a welding company in an urban area of New Jersey. That was a business that he started. 
So you actually had separate businesses. Um, what was it like um, when you were starting out, both of you, in, in this type of work where many people would feel it's somewhat insecure? I know one of the things that kept me at the bedside was I just felt like um, I needed that check every two weeks and <clears throat> not knowing if there was going to be money coming in or not was something I just really didn't want to have to deal with. Um, it's something that holds people back for sure. Only about 5% of the world's population are entrepreneurs, and the United States probably has a, a pretty high percentage of those because mm-hmm. of the way that our economic system encourages mm-hmm. starting businesses. It's in your blood, and I know the title of this show is Nurse Entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. It's hard to to say no to an opportunity when you are wired as an entrepreneur, and if you take calculated risks, you greatly reduce that dependence on the concept of being an employee. And yes, we need employees. We wouldn't function without employees. When you are wanting to start a business as a nurse, you have to consider very carefully the chances of success, the market, what makes you different, pricing, Mm -hmm. client relationships. There's all components that go into running a successful business. Um, Both my husband and I were wired as entrepreneurs, but he started Mm -hmm. first, and we decided to start this welding company, it required us to go to Philadelphia, borrow money from the Small Business Administration. We signed personal guarantees that we would borrow a million dollars, which in (laughs) 1980 was a lot of money, still a lot of money. But the personal guarantee part meant that if the business failed, everything that we owned could be taken by the people who lent us money. Everything. The house, the cars, the bank accounts, everything was up for grabs at that point. So uh, <clears throat> I'm guessing your house was probably not a million-dollar house, and um, how were you no. able to find somebody that would lend to you uh, that much money? In the 1980s, and particularly... In this industry, um, it was possible to put together a, a, a deal. My husband is from India, so he qualified as a minority small business administration loan. So mm-hmm. there were banks. Um, there was a lot of, there's always a lot of optimism in the venture capital world, even though they know the mm-hmm. odds are that the businesses are going to fail. But they mm-hmm. approach each application as if it's going to turn into a success, and Mm -hmm. some of them do, and lots of them don't. At the time that we borrowed this money to buy the welding company, the interest rates were 22%. That was in 1980. On a million dollars. And we had to pay back two points over prime, which meant that our interest rate was 24% a month. Which you we didn't realize guts. at the time, basically yeah. doomed the company because it wasn't uh, going to be able to generate enough sales to be able to pay back the loans. Right. So that was one and of the times was, when things did not work out? 
Yes, uh, it, it did not work out. It was a, a difficult, very difficult couple of years. In fact, um, one of my son's friend's father saw me one day when I was dropping off my son to play with his son, and my son was probably about three at the time, and he said, oh, Mrs. Iyer, your company, your husband owns his own company. That means he's his own boss, and he gets to set his own hours. Hmm. And I looked at him, and I said, yeah, he gets to work seven days a week, and there's nobody there to tell him to go home. (laughs) And by the time we were finished talking, he was literally backing away from me. Like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry I opened my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine that would be. And then probably um, many, many hours in the day, yeah, as you say, nobody's going to say go home. That's a lot of pressure. So um, can we put it into the context of nursing? How is it, is it any different to do an entrepreneurial venture? Um, like the things that people ask me about is they have um, come up with an idea for a product or they um, are thinking about writing a book or something like that um, where they're not thinking about having many, many employees or, you know, taking on that large of an uh, initial investment. Um, how would that be different? How would they? How would they start out? What What is the first thing you do? You, you know, hopefully you've got an idea or a product or something that you want to um, market. So where do you go from there? Well, we can talk about the product first because that's a different pathway than writing a book. Okay. And I teach a course on how to write a book, and I've I've got that model down. Very well, but let's look at the product one first, which is Mm -hmm. so many creative ways of taking care of patients come from the bedside. I think about all the the shortcuts and the innovations and the ways that medical devices have come into the market from needs that people have recognized or shortcuts that they have created and then have said, you know, this probably could be a product. I think it's very carefully looking at the market and identifying the sources of funding that are available for a new product and testing it. Uh, That's something that the National Nurses and Business Association does particularly well at our annual conferences. There's a a shark tank competition in which people Mm -hmm. bring to the stage their idea of a new product It could Mm -hmm. be an app. It could be, I think last year somebody brought some pillows that could be used to support people to keep them on their side and off Mm -hmm. of pressure points. It was a long piece of foam that was contoured like the body. Mm -hmm. There's been, um, oh, a variety of ideas, uniforms or clothing, patient clothing that can be snapped on and off very easily. Right. And, and, and it's uh, cover a little bit better than what we usually have. Um, yeah, the clothing in the hospital like, is clearly not good. Yep. Yeah, especially with your whole backside exposed. That's <laughs> true. Right. Well, and paper thin, uh-huh. it's, you know, you're freezing and... And it isn't mm-hmm. really all that great for the nurses either. So do you know somebody who has come up with a better model for that? It looked um, bit more like pajamas with snaps mm-hmm. on the the shoulder, 
snaps in the crotch area, snaps on the arm mm-hmm. so that you could start IVs or have central lines or have Foley catheters in. Uh-huh. And it was modeled on the stage so that we could see what it would look like on the patient. Interesting. Interesting. Um, this might be a good place for us to take a break. And um, so let's just take a break here, um, and we will be back in, in just a couple of minutes. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And I am Leanne Meyer. I'm here today with Pat Iyer, and she has made an entire career of being an entrepreneur and, and um, doing very, very well at it, and so therefore being able to teach other people how to do it. So we will be back in a couple of minutes. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact senior executive producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. 
Hi, this is Leanne Meyer, and we are back again on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Our show today is called Nurse Entrepreneurship, How Do You Do It? Um, And basically, um, entrepreneurship is pretty similar, no matter whether you're a nurse or however you're coming into it. So our expert today is a nurse. She is uh, um, an expert in legal nurse consulting and has created uh, several businesses, um, and a couple that have been very successful. So Pat Iyer um, is um, our guest today. Pat, we were just talking about um, like going to some of the, is it a trade show that you would be going to and then um, getting up on a stage for a Shark Tank kind of thing where you'd have venture capitalists uh, listening to you. Um, what's, what kind of comes from there? Well, the National Nurses and Business Association has this as one of their annual conferences. There are not venture capitalists in the audience, but there are Uh nurses who are evaluating the logic of the proposal, the practicality, the appeal, and then scoring the participants. So there's a panel of judges. Uh I have been in another part of what I do is is a C-suite network advisor with Jeffrey Hazlett, and I have attended a conference exactly as you're describing, Leanne, where people mm-hmm. got up in, on the stage in front of a room of venture capitalists, and those individuals had the ability to write the checks figuratively based on what they heard on the proposal. And that's another very interesting way of getting funding, but... Mm-hmm. My recommendation is that before you consider borrowing money, you make sure that you do as much as you can to save your own money and mm-hmm. tap your own resources. The money that we borrowed to start my husband's welding company was not something we had in our bank account, and we did need that money to buy the equipment and buy the building. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But that personal guarantee haunted us because when the business failed, there was a man who came in from the bank into our house to look at it, to evaluate whether it was worth taking. I was five months pregnant with our second child at the time, and all I could think of was that we were going to end up on the street. Uh, You know, I'd be raising this kid in a cardboard box. Um, It was terrifying to go through that period in our life. But my husband mm-hmm. was able to negotiate his way out of declaring bankruptcy by selling the building, selling the equipment, giving the lenders 10 cents on the dollar, which they were willing to accept, which wow. for people not familiar with that term, and hopefully never will be, you know, the million dollars, we didn't have to, we didn't have to pay back the million dollars, we had to give them back a specific amount of money that we got from selling all those things so that they would release us from the personal guarantee. Wow. So if somebody was found themselves in that situation, would the best thing be to find a lawyer or to find somebody who has done this type of negotiation? I mean, clearly your husband was able to do that, but I wouldn't imagine too many people would have that ability, especially now. There are attorneys who specialize in bankruptcy, and they figure out a way that they get paid, even though there's very little money from the 
individual. They Mm -hmm. work out terms for payment for their services, and then they can represent that individual in negotiating with people that person owes money to. Okay. So we want to have the more positive look is that this is, they're (laughs) going to have a great idea and it's going to be something that can go forward. Um, So if there isn't a shark tank, is there any other ways of um, um, maybe getting the attention? Would you say you'd start the business and get it going before you try to apply for money or how would that work? You know, the Small Business Administration does have a lot of resources of people who are retired business people who volunteer their time to work with entrepreneurs to give them advice. Mm-hmm. I think talking to and creating a informal board of directors is a great idea. Putting together people who have business experience who can Ask the nurse entrepreneur questions that will stimulate thought. Having a business plan is going to become essential if you want to borrow money from a bank and that business plan forces you to do things like looking at the viability of your idea, looking at the competition, what is the size of the market. That process is very useful for Mm -hmm. a nurse entrepreneur to go through as we're talking about starting a business, or creating a product, that model works really well. Great. I would not have thought of that. I suppose small business, I don't know why that didn't occur to me, but it didn't. (laughs) So I would imagine. Mm -hmm. And then does each state have their own version of that? Yes, because the Small Business Administration is a United States government program. Okay. So definitely, I'm writing some of this stuff down myself. It's uh, uh, great to have people's ideas, and and also as other people keep asking me questions about it, I'll hopefully have a few more ideas for them. So um, uh, from a nursing point of view, um, when you're teaching uh, people how to go into entrepreneurial work, or I guess mainly what you is mainly what you're doing, teaching them how to write books. I work with people who are legal nurse consultants who are interested in starting or expanding their businesses. I'm a business coach in that perspective. And then I also work with people who want to write a book as part of their business plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, The book opens a tremendous number of opportunities. Once you're a published author... It's not the money from the book sales that is the reward. It is the ways that it leads you into new ventures or establishes new connections. And I work with people who are interested in writing a book from that perspective of using it as a way to expand their platform, gain credibility, authority, increase their fees. It's a a really important stepping stone on that journey. And how much of that um, goes into um, speaking engagements? Having a book is a a critical piece in the competition among speakers. When a meeting planner is deciding whether to hire Speaker A or Speaker B, if Speaker A has a book, Speaker Mm -hmm. B does not. 
then Speaker A is more likely than not going to be the one who's going to get that speaking opportunity because Mm -hmm. of that credibility that comes along with having written a book. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter at this point now whether that book is published either independently, which we used to call self-publishing, or Mm -hmm. it's published by a traditional publisher, which is more challenging and harder to get those Mm -hmm. agreements in place now. The fact that that nurse has written a book gives her or him an advantage when it comes time to being selected as a speaker. Mm -hmm. Can you say more about that? Because I know you've done a lot of speaking. Um, How do you go about, so I've had, and I'm sure other people that uh, are doing some entrepreneurial things where I'm approached to be a speaker, but I don't really know, you know, as far as contract or what to look for, what I might expect, or if it's paid or unpaid or all of those kinds of things. What could you give to a nurse who is trying to figure out, is that a good route for her to go or or him to go? Mm -hmm. Um, There were multiple opportunities to be a nursing speaker. Mm -hmm. The world of nursing has keynote opportunities, in-house training opportunities, workshop, breakout sessions, consulting. I've been involved with the National Speakers Association since 2008, and in that time, I've recognized that the shift has moved away from the concept or the assumption that everybody was a keynote speaker, to the fact that there's a variety of ways that we share our knowledge, including webinars and podcasts and webcasts, Mm -hmm. which I didn't mention before. It is important to clarify the expectations about payment because sometimes, uh, particularly nursing associations, will expect a nurse to come in and teach a breakout session, for example, at a conference and not pay them anything at all whereas the keynote speaker typically is always a paid position. There are so many ways that we know as nurses how to share our knowledge. We're good communicators. We're good educators. This is something that we do as a result of our training far better than some other professions that are more introverted. You know, Mm -hmm. I think about engineers or accountants or Um, IT people who are much more technologically driven and not necessarily taught how to communicate with people the way that we are as nurses. Mm -hmm. And then doing it so often, even to teach other nurses, um, it seems like uh, my mother wanted me to go into teaching when I was uh, deciding about whether or not to go into nursing. And we had a long line of teachers, and I decided I wanted to do something completely different. But I was so surprised when I got into nursing and realizing it's really teaching <laughs> with another <laughs> added uh, dimension to it. So I uh, kind of kind of didn't need her. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, so those would be things that people could think about. Can you approach like? Uh, something like a conference that is being advertised or um, how would you get a hold of people to let them know you're interested in in, um, doing some speaking? Well, you can do a a Google search and do call for proposals or call for proposals for nursing conferences, keeping track of when associations have their annual meeting, knowing that they plan at least – 
as soon as that conference is over, they're mm-hmm. planning the next year's conference. They're looking at who their speakers so, would be. Mm-hmm. People who are professional speakers have speaking websites with what's called a sizzle reel, which is a combination mm-hmm. of little bits of pieces of talks that they've given that have been videotaped. Sizzle uh, those reel, decisions I love that. Are made <laughs> months in advance, and they're usually made based on just seeing a small snippet of what that Mm -hmm. speaker has put out in the sizzle reel. Okay. Okay. Well, that certainly is interesting. Um, What about other things with books? What should you be thinking about as you start to think about writing a book? Um, um, How do you start? You start really by looking at beginning with the end in mind, what is the objective that you want to achieve with that book? Is it, for example, in the book authoring mastery course that I have uh, put together and taught this year, there was a nurse who wanted to share her memoir of being a nurse for 50 years, Mm. what it was like entering nursing and some of the strange and funny experiences that she's had. So some people want to write their memoirs and leave a legacy. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at a business as a nurse, then the book is positioned in such a way to share your credibility. So you Mm -hmm. have to focus on what is your objective. Is it to leave a legacy? Is it to open up new opportunities for you? And then look at the topic. Are there other people writing on the topic? Is there an interest in the topic? And then followed by what's holding you back? What are the fears that are keeping Mm -hmm. you from not doing it? Because the numbers are pretty daunting, Leanne. Mm -hmm. The number that a lot of people quote is a startling one that 81% of all Americans believe that they have a book inside them that needs to be written. Mm -hmm. Less than 1% will actually write that book. So there's all that wisdom and knowledge that's trapped inside people. Mm-hmm. And then it's being held back because of fear of not knowing the process or mm-hmm. that it'll take too much time or understanding, thinking, what do I know? Who's going to pay attention to me? Am right. I going to be able to write this coherently? Those mm-hmm. are all fears that you have to overcome if you're going to put yourself out there and write a book. The other thing I've heard people say is um, they feel like their experience, maybe the the woman with the 50 years of experience, that they have a lot to tell and a lot to share, but they feel like they have to have a PhD behind their name before they can write a book. Do you run into that a lot? I I think that's what we call the imposter syndrome. Mm. Um, Am I really capable? Do I know enough? I have seen some things that that very well-educated people have written, and it doesn't mean that they necessarily mm-hmm. know how to write well. I mean, I can mm-hmm. think of, of some expert witnesses that I had, one in particular who, who wrote a very poor expert witness report and was offended when I gave her feedback and told her what she needed to change, and she thought it was perfect the way it was. That's <laughs> Part of the process of working with somebody to help you with a book is you have to be open to feedback. You have to be willing to say, mm-hmm. yes, I could improve upon this. 
Sure. And you know, Leanne, if if your mind is closed, yes. no one is going to be able to share any new ideas with you. That's one yeah. of the tough things about believing that you're perfect the way that you are. You know, I think that a lot of people don't realize that when a book, even, you know, um, famous book writers that have written many, many books have an editor and often uh, have to do several rewrites on the book. And I think people Mm -hmm. a lot of times think, oh, those people, you know, they don't need anybody on their back and they can just write the book and, uh, you know, their publisher is thrilled to have it and put it out. But even they, when you hear, you know, really talk to some of these people, they'll talk about how many times they had to rewrite a chapter or a passage of the entire book in order for it to Mm -hmm. come across in a way that other people could understand or relate to it. Yeah, that's a really great point, Leanne. And if you read the back of a book, you'll see all those acknowledgments, the long list Mm -hmm. of people who served as readers for the author and the editor and the agent and the publisher who have given that author feedback to strengthen the book. Right, exactly. So when you start to write a book, start writing down all the people who have helped you because when you get to the end of it, (laughs) you're definitely (laughs) going to want to thank them. We're um, up against a break here again, so let's take a break here. Um, This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and I am talking with Pat Iyer. Um, who has a wealth of knowledge and information and experience with being an entrepreneur and helping other, other people do the same. So we'll be back in just a couple of minutes and um, cover some more information. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact senior executive producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info 
at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and our subject today has been nurse entrepreneurship, how to do it. We've ranged a little bit broader than that, but still, um, most of the concepts are pretty much the same. Uh, We've talked about products and how to be able to um, uh, get that message across. Uh, We've talked about books, what are some of the things you need to know and need to be able to um, uh, have ready to go, Um, being able to... um, Uh, have an editor and be able to listen to what that person is saying. So, uh, Pat, I'm thinking that there's a whole other element to this. And usually the elements that people are most frightened about, they know their own subject matter pretty well. What they don't maybe know is the financing, the marketing, all of those other things that are kind of uh, not as should I say, sexy in um, uh, being an entrepreneur, but absolutely imperative to be able to have that. Could you address that? Sure. You know, I say to nurses who are learning how to be legal nurse consultants that nothing in nursing school teaches you how Mm -hmm. to start and run a business. That's not our focus at all. We don't, we know how to interact with patients and with other healthcare providers, but we don't understand the basics of cash flow or marketing. And fortunately, it is easy to pick up a plethora of knowledge on those areas. There's the basics of knowing how to create invoices and watching cash flow and making sure that the bank balances are not dipping low, that goes into pricing a product and charging for that product or service. The other piece that I think that is a challenge is marketing. And again, there's a lot of information out on marketing. You have to be able to give up your nursing boundaries and say, well, I understand nursing, I don't understand this, and not be intimidated by the fact that Yes, in order to be successful, you have to have a variety of knowledge on a variety of areas. Mm -hmm. You have to know how to handle clients. And this, I think, is one of the strong things that we bring to being nurse entrepreneurs is that in order to be successful as a nurse, you have to be able to relate to people from a wide variety of backgrounds. Now, I would tell my husband, the engineer, When I go into the hospital to take care of patients, people are not at their best. They don't feel well. (laughs) Exactly. 
I had to be able to relate to, establish a rapport the minute I walked in the room, relate to that person with people from all levels of backgrounds, all levels of intelligence, all levels of feeling well or feeling terrible. That's Mm -hmm. tremendous training when it comes to connecting with clients and listening to what clients want so that they understand that they've been heard and to be able to tailor your responses when you're in your business to the person that you're talking to. You're not talking to a company. You're talking to a person and have to immediately establish rapport and communicate and listen for cues and understanding. So I think that gives us a big advantage as nurse entrepreneurs. I think you're right. And that is probably, I mean, we might not think of that as being a difficult uh, area because we do it so often and we do get some training in that and then lots and lots of practice. But for many people, that might actually be the hardest aspect of it. So what about looking at the financial aspect and, and marketing? I think it's important to have an accountant help you early in a business when you're setting up a system. You need somebody to set up books unless you've got um, somebody in your family who understands the common software. QuickBooks comes to mind, which we've been using for years and years. That requires Mm -hmm. a certain level of knowledge to customize that for the business. And it's also important to know how to run profit and loss reports to be able to look at the aging of invoices, like how much money you're owed at 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Mm -hmm. Depending upon the business, uh, one of the best ways to manage cash flow is to work off of a retainer so that you've got money in advance from the client and then you're subtracting hours or products from that retainer whenever that is feasible. And I know it's hard to generalize. When I worked with attorneys, I always made sure that I had a retainer in advance so that I could minimize the collection issues. Mm -hmm. Because if you're constantly chasing money that you're owed, it prevents you from performing the services that you need in order to be able to generate the money. It's it's like being a hamster wheel unless you've got some money that you've gotten in advance, particularly in a service business. It doesn't always work that way with products, Mm -hmm. but you want to avoid taking financial risks wherever possible. Yeah, and uh, it's one of it's kind of the routine kind of thing is that somebody is desperate to have your services and your knowledge and ability um, at the beginning, but then when it gets to the end and they've used whatever your services were, it's like you know now I don't feel quite so desperate to pay you. <laughs> so um, yes. I can and, see where that would be. And I referred to that, Leanne, as there's a little invisible hook that we have as nurses that says oh, you need my help? Oh, I'll take care of you. Oh, you need for me to do something over the weekend so you can have it Monday morning? That's no problem. We don't have to talk about the wedding that I was planning to go to. Oh, you need me? I'll be happy to do that. And then when you end up not being able to get paid right away for that, you feel bitter. Mm -hmm. So 
that's the type of thing that we have to guard against as nurses is to recognize that we like to please people. But mm-hmm. when you get into a business negotiation or a business deal, you have to be sure that you're watching out for your own best business interests. And that that conversation has to be very, very clear and hopefully on paper and signed. Um, I realize uh, when I've talked to many nurses, uh, I've worked with a lot of people with personality um, uh, training and different things like that. And nurses truly are accommodators. We love to help. And so when we're in that uh, mode of help, we're thinking about all the things we can provide. We're not thinking about, is this person going to be willing to pay me for the work that I'm giving them? So we get to the end, the person at the end is saying, no, you know, you don't have credentials that I think are worth this much money, or I don't think you really did that much work, or whatever it would be. And our tendency, I think, as you're saying, is to back off and say, maybe they're right. Maybe I really... Um, uh, am, am uh, thinking that I was providing more than I truly was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk about marketing. That, mm-hmm. Oops, I'm sorry. There was one thing you wanted to add. Yeah, and I, I think I wanted to add on to that is what what you said is a reflection of inexperience mm-hmm. and lack of confidence. And if the the nurse entrepreneur can get through that uncomfortable state, then things improve dramatically. Okay. It's a good thing to know right off the bat. Um, Marketing has been an issue for me. I'm sure it's an issue for a lot of people. And it comes back to this idea of selling yourself. Um, I felt always like I know I can do um, certain things, but to... to, um, be so prideful as to say to somebody else, I can do this, I can do it better than anyone else, and you really need to pay me for this. It's very, very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about marketing. What goes into that? How do you go about it? Sure. Let me just switch my phones because this one's giving me a low battery signal. Okay. Okay, we're here? Good. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, Marketing today, you know, encompasses looking very carefully, especially at social media and establishing that you have a a clear brand, a clear image. But it really, it gets beyond social media marketing, and it's hard to, to get into any depth on any of this in the remaining time. Right. It's really looking at relationships, the people mm-hmm. that you are working with who feel comfortable handling, having you handle their business. It's establishing that rapport, as I mentioned, and looking for repeat business because I was just talking to um, a gentleman today who's entering my coaching program, and he said to me, when I get a new client, I don't want to just work with them on one case. I want an ongoing relationship with that person. And that's the the beauty of getting repeat business. It's so much less expensive. It's so much more successful when you're working with that person over and over again or that company than it is spending all the money to get people aware of you to do all the networking and all the 
all the energy that's required to bring your services to the attention of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah, I was just, uh, my mind just went off in another direction. <laughs> Need to come mm-hmm. back here to it. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. Uh, that's another area that nurses really excel in is that uh, relationship. Just as you were saying, you mm-hmm. have to walk into a room with somebody who's in whatever shape and develop a relationship and a trust between you in a very short period of time. So I think that's another area that probably works for nurses, maybe more than we even realize. Um, Mm -hmm. we're actually at that point where we're kind of getting to the end of the show. I want to, I know that people are going to ask me about, um, how would they get a hold of you if they are interested in, in learning, uh, some of the things that you uh, are teaching, how would they get a hold of you? How would they, um, do they have to meet you in person for the trainings or how do you do that? Oh, okay. I have two Basic people that I work with, types of people, I work with nurses who have gone through some training to become a legal nurse consultant, and that is my legalnursebusiness.com website. My coaching program is at lncacademy.com. The first one is legalnursebusiness.com. The other one is lncacademy.com. And then for people who are interested in writing a book, and I know we're talking to a nursing audience, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have nurses who've gone through my book authoring mastery course, which I'm starting up again, and that is available at patire.com, which is spelled P-A-T-I-Y-E-R, patire.com. Very simple last name, Leanne, but gets misspelled frequently. But it's mm-hmm. I-Y-E-R is the, the correct spelling, the one way that we spell it in our family. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I have uh, what I think is a very simple name, um, Meyer, mm-hmm. and I always have to spell it. Um, people never get it correct. So we are really at the end of the show, and I just really want to thank you for being here and talking with us about all of these topics. Um I also wanted to let people know that I have a new website, uh, which is um, onceanurse.com, so very simple, Um, and you can connect with me on that website. Um, You can see, hear some of the shows. Um, uh, There's just a lot of different, I'm doing a newsletter and a blog, so there's quite a few things that are new that are coming up there. So just wanted to let you know about that. And um, as we part today, I, again, just really want to thank Pat for being with us and sharing her inf- information. In December, she will be returning, and we'll be talking about um, uh, the whole legal nurse um, field, what it entails, what kind of uh, preparations you have for it. So, again, thank you all for listening. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer. I look forward to us talking again next week. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.